Listen, you don't have to be a deacon to be a leader. Come on. Thank you, sister, for backing me up. Um, come on. Y'all don't know. We're a team. Me and her is a team. Uh, <coughs> I'm going to preach. Is that okay? Hey, I'm going to listen. One of our leaders said, Pastor, we need to start having longer services. And can I give you a little history here? Um, longer services were um, kind of spoken against in the house here for a time. And I know that sounds kind of spooky. Who would, who would speak out against a long church service? Um, but the fact is there were a couple of people here that really didn't like long church services. And here's the thing. When we come in... And, and I don't have a problem with us starting at 10. I think it's great. A lot of churches do that these days. Um, with my job outside of the church, a lot of times I have to work on Sunday afternoons, and so it works great. You know, I'm able to get to work in time and not get fired. That would be difficult. <laughs> but we got in the kind of stuck in this rut of we want to get out of here by 11. If it's 11 o'clock, we got to get moving. And I remember a certain, there was a gentleman, he'd literally get his watch and, and get, out, get up and leave. And listen, church family, it's 11, 12, and you're sitting here ready to hear preaching. And I want to tell you something. Can I just speak with spiritual authority that God will bless you for that? I believe that God will bless you today and this week because you are here to receive. We've worshiped for an hour. Praise God. There's been breakthrough. Come on. Come on. Good stuff. But I've got something I want to speak about. And I know that God wants to move in this house, that God wants to dwell amongst his people. <clears throat> and so what I'm, what I'm getting at here is church family, I believe that there is a Pentecostal reawakening that's fixing to happen at Community Church North Webster. And what am I saying? Am I saying that you guys have been full of the Holy Ghost ever since? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God's depth is as an ocean uncharted. We have just tasted. It's almost like we've just put our toe in the water. There's always more. You can always dive deeper. And that's what I believe he wants for this church. And that's what I'm speaking and praying over 2024. I hope you pray with me. The world is going to have a lot of problems next year. It's an election year. It's going to be a lot of ugliness. But I believe this will be a house of hope in the midst of that. Come on. And so be prepared to remain. Be prepared for those things. I don't want to be a traditional get out at a certain time church. I want to be a church that pushes everything else aside when the king walks in the room. Amen? Amen? Hey, let's... Um, <clears throat> by the way, Pastor Monica, she's not here today. She asked that I did remind everyone that BGMC Sunday is next Sunday, so um, make sure that you come prepared for that. We love pouring into our kids. So good. Um, so I want to share something with you. We're going to do a, a little bit of a series here. You may have noticed it's super hot outside. Anyone... Anyone else notice? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this series is called Hot Takes. And um, some of these things we're going to talk about are a little controversial. Now, this first one, it's never been controversial to me. It's something I grew up with, I, and I thought this was just the way every church operated. But I want to talk to you about women in ministry. 
Um, I had pastor read that and I'm so glad you did because man, it was so good, but I'm going to read it again. It says, you will know that I'm in the midst of Israel and I'm the Lord, your God. No other exists. Never again will my people be put to shame. After that, I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will also pour out my spirit on servants, both male and female. Everyone. This doesn't say the guys are going to prophesy. This says men and women I believe boys and girls as well. Come on. You don't have to be, uh, you might have to be 25 to rent a car, but you don't have to be that old to be full of the Holy Ghost and speak into somebody's life. So there was a pastor who's being interviewed and um, <clears throat> they were just kind of having a little fun, I guess. A couple of guys sitting there wearing suits among fake ferns. And um, they were playing a word association game, and they asked the guy, um, they said, hey, uh, what is, uh, they said, okay, I'll give you a word, and you tell me what word you think of. And they said, here's the word, Beth Moore. If you know who Beth Moore is, she's an evangelist, teacher, and anyway. And the pastor said, they said, here's the word, Beth Moore. What comes to your mind? And he said, go home. <laughs> and his answer was met with thunderous applause in the room. Yeah. People stood up. Yeah. And I cannot imagine what it felt like to be a woman, especially a woman who felt like she had a call of God sitting in that room when a bunch of men stood up and said, yes, go home, woman. <laughs> and when I saw that, it made me angry. But I can't imagine what a, a, a woman who saw that, who heard that, what did you feel? I'm sure you were not happy. I'm sure it was anger. But I can't imagine the hurt of being told, you're not good enough to serve the Lord because of your gender. What a foolish thing. I've already given away my stance, Pastor. <laughs> Growing up in the Assemblies of God, I didn't realize that some people had been taught that women should not preach or lead churches. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was probably 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there, and, and a man came. This was back when the church was brown. Y'all remember that? Come on, if the paint gets scuffed off the wall a little bit, you can see a little blast from the past. It used to be brown and the windows were yellow. And uh, I think the carpet was brown too. Come on, we just really enjoyed the color brown back in those days. Um, I hope that UPS delivered to us. Anyway, um, there was a man that came in. I remember he sat right back there. And Pastor Daphne gets up here to preach. And first of all, homegirl can preach, all right? And so he, this dude crosses his sticks that lip out. And I thought, man, either he has having a really bad tummy day <laughs> or something is wrong with this gentleman. And he got up. He, he's, I believe he stayed. He may have left. I can't remember. I wasn't paying that much attention. But he threw a fit. 
He said, I'm not going to be part of a church where women get up and preach. And he left. He never came back. Okay. Um, and I realized, I asked my grandmother, I said, Nanny, what's that thing's problem? And she said, he's stupid. No, <laughs> she said, <laughs> so y'all know. <laughs> she told me he's from a, He's from a faith movement where they don't allow women to speak or preach. And I thought, what? Because I grew up with that. Can I tell you something about the Assemblies of God? Now, there are individuals in the Assemblies of God that have not honored this. But as a movement, from day one, the Assemblies of God has ordained women. I'm so glad I'm part of a movement that allows anybody called of God to serve their king. Now, if you, never mind. I was going to say, tell them to call me if they got a problem with it. <laughs> tell them to call me if they got a problem with it. All right. Let's go. So, first of all, I want to personally thank my, my auntie, Pastor Daphne, for being a trailblazer and fighting the gospel fight even when nobody noticed. Because you know what? The accolades of man are nothing compared to the kingdom rewards that you will receive. Come on, can we just? This church was given a gift from God and we didn't even know how significant it was many of the days. There are people that say, oh, well, you know, this pastor, this pastor, this pastor, it's that pastor sitting right there that held this place together. Come on, come on. So, when it comes to this, there are basically two schools of thought regarding women in ministry. The first, uh, it's their complementarianism and egalitarianism. The first is complementarianism. And the, um, the first, uh, I should have made that a little larger, I'm sorry, <laughs> squint. Uh, the first tenet of complementarianism is that man and woman are equal in personhood. There is no difference in worth. Rather, proponents of complementarianism believe that men and women have separate, though equal, roles in marriage, family life, the church, and elsewhere. So people that are complementarian in their belief, <clears throat> they don't hate women. They just don't empower them for leadership roles. They believe that a woman's place is to do this or that. And you know, whatever. Uh, the word complementarianism derives from the word compliment, just like complementary colors, which First Lady would say, I don't know anything about. I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt with camouflage shorts one time. And I felt like, you know, I'm an American. I can do what I want, dude. And she's like, not today. <laughs> like, you will not. People know I ain't married to you. You're going to ruin my reputation. And so um, I had to fight to get these white. Hey, dude, Joe. Anyway, so the word complementarianism derives from the word compliment, just like complementary colors work well together to create beauty or one aspect of a dish. You know, you, you combine flavors and get something really great. Um, the idea is that men and women complement each other to a more beautiful whole. And you know what? That's right to a degree. That's correct, to a degree. You know, Brittany, when, when we're going through life, something will happen and she'll be like, what is this? What is, you got it? And I'm just driving and I'm like, it's cool, girl. 
you almost hit that rabbit. And I'm like, he'll move. <laughs> you know? And so we compliment each other. And I'm sure if we went around the room and polled husbands and wife, there's a lot of you. And, you know, maybe the guy freaks out and the wife is, is cool about things. Or maybe the, the wife is super organized and the husband, the husband t- comes home and just takes his, all his clothes off and throws them on the table. Because, let me, all right. My wife came to me. And she had literally like five shirts. And she just came. I was sitting down. And she goes, Pfft. and I was like, what you doing? And she says, dining room chairs are not closets. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I didn't even know. And so, so at first glance, complementarianism seems to make a lot of sense. Because, okay, cool. You know, different people together complement each other. And that is totally right. That's totally correct. The problem is when we go past that and you get men telling women that they cannot preach and they cannot lead, even though they're talented and called of God, you can't do that because that's not your predestined role. That's when we run into problems. You said people, here's the thing, guys, and you see this in our government right now. Here I go getting political. People should not be appointed to roles they have no business being in. Talent, ability, and um, accomplishment, who you are, should define what you're doing in your life, in your career. You know, if you go to a doctor's office and you're like, hey, doc, you know, recently my toe fell off. I want to know why. And the doc's like, hey, listen, um, you know, I just kind of, you know, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was working at the surf shop. And I just kind of felt like a doctor today. So I'm, you know, I, f- I woke up this morning and I felt 80% doctor. So here I am, and I'm going to 80% fix your toe. <laughs> and then, you know, anyway. So that's the problem. This view holds that masculinity and femininity were created by God as meaningful distinctions indicating different roles. And so then there's another view, and it's called egalitarianism, okay? And so egalitarianism, is it cool if we kind of have a study on this? Because here's what I want to do. I don't want anyone walking around not understanding what God's word says, okay? And there are women who are spiritually abused by men who are confused, and I want to make sure that when you leave this place today, you can say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not, what the God, that's not what the Bible says. Egalitarianism is defined as a belief in human equality, especially with respect to social, political, and economic affairs, or a social philosophy advocating the removal of inequalities among people. In Christianity... Egalitarians agree with complementarians that men and women are equal in worth. However, egalitarianism goes further to state that men and women are considered equal in role capabilities as well. We demonstrated that this morning because Pastor Daphne stood here, presented the word of God to you. Courtney stood here. That girl can play that keyboard though, y'all. And led our worship service. This church embraces calls of God, okay? Doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, what your gender is. We believe that God calls people. So, 
They go further to state that women are considered equal in role capabilities as well. There are no gender restrictions on what roles men and women can fulfill in the church, home, and society. This view holds that the teachings and attitudes of Jesus and the New Testament abolish gender-specific roles as well as roles related to class and race. The gospel is for everyone. That is true equality. You know, we hear the word equality. We want equality. We want equality. But the people hollering for equality don't want to let certain folks in. You, it, we only want equality if you agree with our stance. Otherwise, I want you to be tolerant of me, but I'm not going to be tolerant of you, okay? So Jesus detonated that. He got rid of that because when he, when, when I love the song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Come on. It doesn't matter, black, white, male, female, rich, poor. Jesus does not care about that. He cares about your soul. Come on, somebody. All right, so let's jump into this real quick. Number one, number one, we're going to go over a couple of arguments here. The Bible is our infallible guide, okay? That is our guide and final authority. So what do we do? Someone has an opinion. Well, pastor, speaking in tongues, pastor, this, pastor, Christians wearing flip-flops. I don't know. Everyone's got an opinion on everything. The Bible is always our final, our infallible guide and final authority. So what do we do? When we have an issue, when we have something we're kind of struggling with, we go to the word of God and say, well, what is the Bible? Well, the Bible don't talk about this. Yes, it does. Okay? So Old Testament history includes... Uh, Accounts of strong female leadership in many roles. The following are striking examples. I'm going to read them off. Because this is what people will say. Well, the Bible says women should be quiet. Let's read it. It says, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Sorry, Jared, I skipped that slide. So let's read off some of, these, some of these ladies. Miriam was a prophet in Israel during the Exodus alongside Moses and Aaron. Deborah was both a prophet and a judge. Sometimes Deborah do be judging. <laughs> I got you back. I love you. We're a team. We're a team. We're a team. Oh, boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret that later. All right. <laughs> She, she directed uh, uh, Barak to lead the army of Israel into successful combat against Israel's oppressors. Huldah was also a prophet. A prophet. She authenticated the scroll of law found in the temple and helped spark religious reform in the days of Josiah. Okay, so there's some. And well, wait a minute, that's Old Testament, Pastor. Let me tell you, don't ever come to me and be like, well, that was only the Old Testament. No, dude, if you throw one part of the Bible out, you got to throw the whole thing out. So what does the New Testament do? It affirms and completes. It, the, the New Testament, more women are in leadership. Let's go down a list. And this is not conclusive and exhaustive. The New Testament also shows that women filled important ministry roles in the early church. Tabitha, also called Dorcas, and if, she, if my name was also Dorcas, I would be like, y'all, call me just, just call me Tabitha. 
initiated an effective benevolence ministry. Philip's four unmarried daughters were recognized as prophets. Paul singled out two women, uh, Udia and Sister, as women. It's a hard name, y'all, I'm sorry. As women who have contended at my side uh, in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. And by the way, I know I apologize, the text is tiny. It didn't translate well. But all of these have scriptural references where you can go look this up in the Bible. Uh, Priscilla was another uh, of Paul's exemplary fellow workers in Christ Jesus. In Romans 16, Paul greets numerous ministry colleagues, a large number of them women. In these greetings, the word Paul uses to speak of the work or labor of Mary uh, and four other women or three other women, is one he uses extensively for the labor of ministry. So Paul wasn't just saying, yeah, we went to this lady's house and she cooked us dinner. Paul was saying, these are ministers and they are doing kingdom work. That's what Paul is saying there. Okay, let's keep going. We're, we're, we're not done with this. And somehow, people that want to shut the door on women serving in churches, only in, except in certain ways, they somehow just forget about all these examples, okay? And so let's keep going. Phoebe, a leader in the church at uh, Centria, was highly commended to the church at Rome by Paul. Now, here's what happens. They'll say, well, in the NIV, NASB, and ESV, it calls for a servant. However, this is why it's important to never get locked into one version of the Bible. I don't care what version you read as long as you're reading it and studying it, but I don't think you should get locked down. I think you should be open to study, to understand, because here's what happens. This is translated er erroneously, servant. Yet Phoebe was diakonos of the church at Centria. Paul regularly used this term for a minister or leader of a congregation and applied it specifically to Jesus. This is a deacon. This is, we have deacons at this church who are leaders, who we trust to help the business of the church, to help the church go forward. That's what she was. She was a leader. Finally, there's one more. This one's sad. Junia was identified by Paul as an apostle. Now, what happens is there are some translation errors that change that name to Junius, making it a male name. However, when they go to the city where this happened, they can't find the name Junius. They find the name Junius one time on a tablet, and they find Junia 250 times. Hmm, interesting. Archaeological evidence backs up that this was a female in leadership. So, let me give you this. This is the hot take that you can have. You can post this. Please post it and tag me. All Christian ministry is rooted in the moment a group of women were given the gospel message. Come on. Come on. All Christian men, every church, every outreach, every pastor, all of it in America, in everywhere, is rooted in the moment a group of women were told he is not here. 
he has risen. Come on. I wish you could get excited on that because that's the truth. So here's what someone's going to say to you. I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying up, guys. Women are, this is what someone's going to say. If, if you say, well, I believe women should be able to serve, they're going to say this. They're going to say, women are subordinate. Women are supposed to be subordinate. When God created Eve, did he create a subordinate? Did he create, hey, Adam, I'm going to give you a woman, and you just tell her what to do, and it's all going to be good. And all the men who said, I tried that, they said, don't do it. <laughs> when God created Eve, did he create a subordinate helper? No. The word used to describe Eve's role has zero subordinate meaning. In fact, 17 of the 20 times it's used, it is referring to God as a helper. Eve's created role is one of cooperation, not submission. And let me tell you something. Uh, if, if you have ever, come on, dudes, I'm talking to you. If you've been running through your life being like, I'm just going to do everything. I'm going to make all the decisions. Not only are you making it harder on yourself, but you're not allowing your wife to grow and flourish in the calling that, he, that God has given her as your co-leader in the household. So, whoa. There are a lot of women, there are a lot of men that will throw subordination in their wives' faces because they're too afraid and too prideful to allow their wives to co-lead the home. I got real quiet. Men, I want to encourage you. Empower your wife to be a leader in the household. It is not your sole job. Now, do I believe that men have specific leadership capabilities because of the way you're wired up? Yeah, yeah. But do I walk in every day and say, woman, this is what's gonna be. Have you met Brittany? <laughs> Sometimes I'll snap it. I'll be like, get it done. And she'll say, snap at me again. I'm gonna break nine of your fingers. Ryan would say, do it again, and you're going to be picking up your teeth off the ground with broken fingers. So, listen, here's what you ought to do, guys. You ought to pray and say, God, would you, would you strengthen me and help keep my pride in check that I can value my wife's leadership as you have? That's what you should do. Second thing is women should remain silent. Anyway, it's about time to go. So <laughs> I was at a funeral and Pastor Daphne was preaching and uh, there was a gentleman there. He's from the Baptist faith. I love my Baptist friends. If you grew up Baptist, I'm not speaking against that. However, their take on women in ministry is not biblical. And Pastor Daphne was preaching and this guy was watching and he said, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with her preaching. I said, why? I said, did she say something wrong? He said, well, no. I said, well, then what's the problem? Well, you know, women should remain silent. And I said, hmm, okay. That's what it says in Corinthians. Corinthians 14, 34 says, the women should be quiet during the meeting. They are not allowed to talk. Instead, they need to get under control. Just as the law says. If they want to learn something, they should ask their husbands at home. It is disgraceful for a woman to talk during the meeting. Now, when I read that, the women in the room, I, I hear y'all. 
You're going like, all right. This creates a title that is given to Paul erroneously called patriarchal Paul. Paul is the one that says women can't talk. Women can't do this or that or this or that. Okay, hold on, hold on. We understand that you cannot take the Bible and just scan through there and be like, oh, cool, I agree with that, and shut it and build doctrine off of that. No, no, sir, no, ma'am. The way you build doctrine is you understand what the Bible is saying by looking at historic, the history of it, who it's written to, why it's written, the context. There's so many uh, theological things you've got to understand and think about. You can't just say, well, Paul said women ought to be quiet. I dare you to go home and say, Paul said be quiet. I'll be visiting you at the ER. <laughs> Maybe funeral home. Corinthians is one side of a correspondence, okay? You got to remember that. This is a letter. You are getting Paul's letter. We don't know what was said to Paul, okay? We just have his answer. Paul literally instructs women, brothers and sisters, is what he says, on how to speak in meetings before and after these Two verses. So this is what happens when you try to build doctrine and theology on one verse. You miss the whole thing. If you go, I, 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 go, go read it when you get home. Go read the whole chapter 14. Before and after this, he says, he instructs you how to speak. And he says, brothers and sisters, all you guys, this is how you should talk in church. And the third thing I want to give you for this is there was something called the cult of Artemis in that area. And their temple was one of the ancient wonders of the world. And the way they worship is they showed up butt naked and things happened. That was how they worshiped. And so these people were coming to church and they were talking. These women were coming in their priestesses. They were coming into these churches. They were presenting and they were talking and they were doing this and that. And then Paul said, hey, we got to stop. We got to stop. At community church, we say this. They said, Pastor, what should I wear to church? I said, you know, just as long as you wear your clothes, you're probably all right, all right? And so that's what's going on. So 1 Timothy 2 says this. Therefore, I want men to pray everywhere by lifting up hands that are holy without anger or argument. In the same way, I want women to enhance their appearance with clothing that is modest and sensible, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold pearls, or expensive clothes. They should make themselves attractive by doing good, which is appropriate for women who claim to honor God. A wife should learn quietly with complete submission. I don't allow a wife to teach or to control her husband. Instead, she should be quiet, be a quiet listener. Adam was formed first, and then Eve. Adam wasn't deceived, but rather his wife became the one who stepped over the line because she was completely deceived. But a wife will be brought safely through childbirth if they both continue in faith, love, and holiness together with self-control. Okay, again, let's, let's, let's go back. Because Okay, this is what they're going to say. Well, well, Paul says in Timothy, again, you got one side of this. Again, you're dealing with this cult. And the modesty, the dress was a, it was a reference of, I'm, I'm super important because I'm dressed like this. And Paul's saying that's wrong because it is. He's not saying that you shouldn't wear jewelry. 
Paul's saying you shouldn't allow jewelry to be your representation. Jewelry is not the way. Jewelry doesn't make you a good person. It makes you a person in debt. <laughs> or if you're me, your wedding ring is plastic because you lost multiple of them already. Paul warned wives to not demand control over their husband, but yet co-lead with them. Remember Genesis? Okay, co-leader, co-leader. We talked about this in Sunday school. Um, Paul is not using this language. In fact, there is a translation error that says, serve or submit, That's, that verb is not there in the original Greek text. It says, instead, it says serve, basically it says serve Jesus together, okay? Um, Save through childbirth. The cult of Barnabas threatened women with death in childbirth if they left the cult. Paul taught that women could rest knowing that Jesus is their safety, Okay? So this is, there's an, this is why you have to research and why you have to understand before you just dive off into doctrines, especially dangerous doctrines that shut people out from ministry. Paul was pastoral. We have to remember that he's dealing with issues. He's helping with issues. And I'll give you one more thing and we're gonna get out of here. We've had good church today, amen? I really feel like God has impacted lives this morning. And I hope that you have heard this word. If you want to talk more about it, maybe if you were brought up in a movement that didn't empower women to serve, I'd love to visit with you. I don't think it's something to debate because to me it's very clear what the Bible says. And so I would love to present, you know, a little bit more of a conversation. I'd love to have a conversation about it. But I want you to understand that God does not just call certain people. The gospel is not for just a couple of folks that you are all called. Man, woman, boy, girl, young, old, everyone is called. Galatians 3 says this, you are all called, you are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor nor free, nor is there male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. One big family, and there is a seat for you at the table. You are, we're all called for a purpose greater than we may even understand at this point. God wants us close he wants to empower us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to use each and every one of you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. It doesn't matter what chromosomes you have. God wants to use you. But man has gotten in the way of that for a lot of people. And that's sad. But I'm so thankful that I was brought up in a movement and that I was encouraged to study myself. And I can look at my little girl and say, you know what? I don't know what call God has on her life. But I know this, that whatever she's going to do, if, it's, if she wants to pastor a church, if she wants to lead a worship team, that the Bible is backing that up, that the Bible empowers her through the word to get out there and serve. Amen? Amen. Hey, would you stand with me this morning? What a good time together. What a great time together in the presence of God, learning, seeing him move, so good. Thank you for being here. Thank you always for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out.
Thank you for being here this morning. I believe fully that God will honor you spending this time in the house. Amen? Hey, let me pray a blessing over you and we're going to go. God, thank you for this group of people. Thank you for bringing us here together. God, thank you for pouring out your spirit today. We are so excited every time that you interact with us. God, every time that you speak.